They're a good looking group. I said it every time I get up here, but man, from this angle, Um, I am privileged to be the to give the main message because uh, Steve and Joan are enjoying a well-deserved vacation away from all of us. Probably really happy right now. Um, no, they they probably miss us. And Joan's probably saying, "When can we go back home?" Because uh, she loves us. So, you know, I was uh, as I was listening to prayer and and Micah and <laughs> and Becca. Um, you guys taught my sermon, so really I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I love it when the Lord, amen. <laughs> that wasn't said out of love, by the way. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it when God says over and over and over and over what he wants me to focus on. And the sermon I'm going to give is kind of continuation from the one I gave three weeks ago, which is a continuation of what, has, what the Lord has been working on me for about three months since the beginning of summer. Um, and I've just been hearing this theme over and over and over and over. And if you would turn to me, I, I had a really cool little story. I'm not going to tell you that story because I want to focus on, on, on us, on, on, on God and our relationship with us and God. So turn to Matthew 22, 37, 40. Matthew 22. This might take me a minute because I've got an electronic Bible. I am not Facebooking, I swear. No candy crush. So... This verse has been going into my, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 22, 37, 40. 37, 40. Uh, chapter 22, Matthew. This verse has been going, I've been meditating on this. The Lord's been throwing this in my, in, in my path about every other day or so. And um, it's, it's something I've been meditating on a, a, a long time. Um, and I'll just read it. And he said to them, or to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And Jesus is saying this to this individual, right? What are the, great, the individual asked, what's the greatest commandment? It was a Pharisee. They're trying to trip, trip Jesus up. And he said, hey, there's really two commandments. Everything that's been set up to this point, so the Old Testament, all the law, Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Numbers and everything that's held in the law is summed up in these two things. Love God with everything and love others like yourself, right? Why love God? Well, He's God, right? He's sovereign. He's, he loves us. He's holy. He's righteous. All the wonderful attributes that we should be remembering about God day and night, that's, that's easy. Love God? Yeah, I can do that. Absolutely. I, I, I want to. I love God. I, I, I want to love my God, my Creator. Love others. Some of you know my story. Not so easy for me, right? Loving others. Until a certain point in my life. And God, who I love, He worked on me until I can honestly say, I love others. Even the ugly ones. I love you, Lynn, above all else. Why ourselves? Why is God commanding us? He said it's a commandment. Why is God asking us to love others like us, like me, 
Why should I love Dion like my own self? Because I know my own self better than anybody else, right? I know the thoughts and the fears and the desires and all that stuff that's in me. Some of you guys know this. Some of you guys, some of you guys don't know this about me. Um, several years ago, about three, about four years ago, and mercifully it ended, every night I woke up at 3 o'clock, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning in a, in a sweat, in a panic, thinking that I was terrible and I was worthless and I wasn't lovable and, and nobody liked me and everybody hated me. And every morning I'd wake up, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd go back to sleep after about 4, right? And then wake up and feel just great. But every morning for almost two and a half years that happened. And that was, if that wasn't a satanic attack, I, I need help. <laughs> but... Luckily, through that period of my life, you guys, is I understood we all have fears. We all have doubts. We all wonder, are we good enough? And the answer is no, of course, you're not good enough. But you're getting better, right? And through love, God's love, we're going to make it. Isn't that true? Amen? Right? And so, you guys, why ourselves? Why do we got to love each other like ourselves? Because... Because if you don't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? And the answer is you can't. You simply cannot. So are you worth love? Is it, you can raise your hand if you're worth love. Anybody here worth love? Jeremy, you're worth love. You're worth more love than you know ever. Because God so loved the earth that he... Now, that earth, is that, does that mean me? Does that mean... Jim, is that you? The earth? Yeah, all of us in this earth. Even the guy that cut Jim off and almost killed both of them, God loves that guy too. And we need to get to that guy because so, he's going to kill himself. We need to get him fast, by the way. If you see him, let me know. Get his license plate. Send Mike after You get Mike after him. <laughs> we'll say, okay, Mike, it's going to inconvenience you. And he's like, I got it. <laughs> and that's how we know that we're loved, you guys, because God loves you. God loves all of us. He first loved us when we did not know him and were yet sinners. Oh, some of you guys are sinners. Not me. I'm, I'm perfect. Kidding. I'm kidding. So in other words, you guys, God wants us to love each other like ourselves. In other words, he wants us to fellowship. Matter of fact, as I was studying his word, uh, this, this sermon is four weeks in the making. As I was studying and going through there, every, I realized something. You can't, everywhere the Bible says love, love others, love this person, love that person, do this, do that, go here, this, this I give you a commandment to do this, 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 everywhere it says for God to do something, it involves people. Right? Everywhere. Everywhere that God says love others, you can't love others unless there's another. True? Right? And here's what's awesome, is he's talking about loving the sinners and the saints. And sinners, well, they're sinners, and who loves a sinner? Everybody should, because God says, go do that. Go love others as yourself. Fellowship is the second greatest commandment, is what Jesus Christ, him own, his own self said. Fellowship. Does that mean every week we all got to come to church? Yeah, absolutely. Does that mean every day we should all get together? <laughs> Probably, Right? Hebrews 10, verse 24, 25, that's your scripture reading. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to cheat, I actually wrote it in here. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That day is capitalized. That means that's a very important day coming in the future. We all know what that is. Steve's been preaching on it for a year, right? Revelation, if you're, if you're interested. But the words say, this is kind of interesting, let us consider how to stir up love, how to stir up one another to love and good works. In other words, we should be thinking about what? How do we fellowship? How, how do we get together? Right? Not just church service. By the way, if you're here because you want to fellowship, you're wrong. This is worship. <laughs> We're worshiping our God right now, right? Fellowship is learning about one another, loving one another, right? Considering how to stir one another up. Game nights. We like game nights? Who, who likes Pinochle? Hey, remember we used to play Pinochle all the time? Why don't we? Movie nights. Who came to the movie nights? Raise your hand if you came to movie nights, movie nights in the beginning of August. All of you should have come. I could use your money. No. Just. <laughs> we, every month, next week, I think we're having coffee fellowship, right? That's in an effort to stir up one another, to love one another, right? This morning, I was in the, I'm, I'm going to tell myself, I was putting the finishing touches to my sermon. Okay, I was writing the whole thing again. And as I was in the office, I heard this loud noise. And I'm like, oh, I can't concentrate. What's going on out there? Fellowship. <laughs> when it dawned on me, I'm like, oh, I'm a heel. <laughs> see, that's what we do, you guys. And this, this building will not, see, it's going to be almost 12 o'clock. It's quarter to 12 now. Hopefully, I'll be done by 2 or 3. <laughs> no, I promised Steve I'd be done on time. So, so I'll be done here in a second. And this building's not going to empty out for an hour. Why? Because we're going to be fellowshipping. That's what I love about this particular church. We're going to chase you down and feed you to fellowship with you. And then I'm going to take your name back to my church and we're going to pray over you. That's how serious we are about fellowship, right? We're going to pray for every school child in the world. That's fellowship. That's serious stuff, man. And it happens in our building. And the coolest thing ever, it's happened in a couple buildings around this town. It's happened in a couple buildings in Spokane. It's happening in California-ish. I think they're underground churches now. I'm not sure. It's happening in New York. It's happening in Florida. It's happening in Rhode Island. It's happening in Delaware. You know why I said Delaware? Because no one talks about Delaware. Poor Delaware is the most abused state ever. Just a little tiny thing. It's happening in the world. It's happening in Turkey. Christians are in Turkey. Christians are in Iran. They're illegal, but they're there and they're fellowshipping. It's happening in Korea, North Korea. It's happening in South Korea too, but more open in South Korea. It's happening in Japan, in Australia, in Pago Pago. It's happening in small, tiny islands in the archipelago of Philippines. It's happening off the coast of every country, right? Christians are getting together in the morning. It's what we do. It's how we do things. And they're fellowshipping and they're praising the same God that you're praising. That's fellowship. I wanted to open our minds up. Stir up one another to love. It's more than just hanging out, but it helps to hang out to get there, right? It helps to know who, who my brother is to get there. So let's look at the why. Everybody go to John 15, verse 10. This is a very powerful verse. As I was reading this, I'm going, wow. 
Why don't we preach on this every day? John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. We've heard that a hundred times. Now go down to verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Jesus says, if you follow my commandments, you love me and I love you. If you abide in me, right? Then he says, love one another because I've loved you. It's all wrapped up, you guys. And then he, said, then he gives us an example of what gr the greatest love looks like. Dying for your brother. Dying for your sister. Laying your life down for your friends is the word that we have there. By the way, I was, I was listening to Jen. I was talking to Jen this morning, and we were talking about this. To me as a guy, having served in the military, that's an easy, easy thing. I was willing to lay my life down for 310 million strangers at any moment. How many of y'all served in, the, in this country? You guys did the same thing. At a moment's notice, you knew that you were going to be called. moment's notice, you knew that you were going that, to... That's what we did. That's what we signed on the dotted line. That's why we swore twice to defend this Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. For some of us, however, that didn't serve in the military, that's a really hard concept. Am I willing to die for my neighbor, for my friend? Am I willing to die for that sinner? Right? Hmm. How about... Are you willing to put your life on hold for a half an hour while he tells, she tells you a story, a tale of woe that's bothering that person? How about you tell your husband or your, or your wife, hey, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to hang out with these people at their house because they need us. Hey, you know what? I'm going to divert my trip for half an hour and chase this guy down to give him food because I want to love this guy. The whole family felt that, you guys. It was the Holy Spirit. The whole family's like, let's feed that dude. Let's get, he's, right, he's fast. Let's talk him. See how fast he's going, right? <laughs> See, that's, that's what Jesus is talking about. Put inconvenience yourself and put your life on hold. Not necessarily die. That may be. But put your, put your life. Die to self. Put your life for just a second and go take care of something. Go hold a baby in the pew. Go to the Awana. By the way, I want to tell myself again, wasn't happy about giving my weekend up to the Awana booth. Wasn't happy at all, right? Yeah, <laughs> Lynn's going, oh, don't say that. It's true. I was actually, if you'd heard what I had said a couple times, you'd like, <laughs> Pastor John. But I was obedient, and I said, it's going to inconvenience me, but I'm going to do it. Thank you so much for saying that, Mike. And you have stirred me up to love, <laughs> right? I inconvenienced myself, and while I inconvenienced myself for the day, guess what? I had my socks blessed off, off my feet, that I would never have gotten that blessing if I hadn't been obedient. So stir one another up for love. So, why would God ask us to love each other like that? I think we've kind of beat that horse a little bit, but there's two reasons. The first reason is trials. James chapter 1, verse 2, don't go there. You guys probably know this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials of various kinds. 1 Peter 1, 6, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So what's God saying? We're going to have a tough life. He's talking to Christians, by the way, right? 
Who here has not had trials? Let me know. I'll come to your house and be a, an uninvited guest. I'll be at the trial for you. Sure, you already have had trials, right? Some of you are going through trials right now so severe that it's crippling you, and I know that. By the way, you may not know this, but I'm praying for you. I know who you are because I fellowship with you guys, and I understand that. There are some kids out here that come to my youth group and only come to my youth group, our youth group, not mine, yours, your youth group, right? They come to the youth group very infrequently, but I know they're so wounded that if you were to see the physical, the, the, the emotional wounds, if they were to become physical on their bodies, you'd say, oh my God, what has happened to that child? And how do I heal that child? Kids, you guys, 12 years old, 13 years old, 15 years old, 16 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old, carrying these scars for the rest of their lives, right? And they need love. And that's why God's, God's saying, you will go because trials are going to happen, so Jen and I moved away from here in 2009, and we went to Ramona, California, and we found a really awesome little Bible-believing church, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, down in Ramona, Grace Community Church. And sitting in the pew one day, and my neighbor, Roman Burdick, he was, he's my, physically my neighbor, right? Went to church, also my neighbor. He says, hey, you should come to my place for dinner. I'm like, dude, I don't know who you are, but okay, I guess so, you know. He said, hey, when you see my garage door open, come on in. This guy, was, this guy put the extra in extrovert, right? <laughs> and it's funny because Jen and I are talking about him. And I said, man, I, I really didn't like him all that much all the time, you know? And she said, that's because he's you. <laughs> my little bride called me out. If you want to know who my wife is, the red one right there. <laughs> and she's right, right? Never shuts up, always has a stupid joke. Yes, me. Right? Where's flamboyant shirt? Go Kooks. Right? Anyway, so I did. For, for four years that I knew Roman, actually for seven years I knew him, but for the first four years, went to his house. His kids watched my kids, right? His kids cut my grass type of thing. All we, we, just, we, went to, we went there to his place for, for Christmas dinner every year. He invited the entire neighborhood. We'd have barbecues, pool parties at his house. I mean, it was, just, it was incredible. This one little block of about 15 houses, all of us went to Grace Community Church. And all of us, and, and by the way, this was in California, so it's not like we, you know, it was a selective community. But, but the church was like 14 miles away. But all of us just happened to go to Grace. All of us just happened to be there. And we all, we, we, we took our summers in. We would go and bring candy together in October and throw candy and say, remember Jesus loves you, that type of thing. It was wonderful. Like, it was like Norman Rockwell, you know, in the middle of California. And when I lost my job, when I lost my job, I was laid off as a survival instructor because they just didn't need survival instructors anymore for some reason because no one, everyone can survive. And Roman was the first person there at my house within hours of me getting home. And he said, John, whatever you need, money, food, whatever. If you gotta move into my garage, you can move into my garage. And he meant it, by the way. And guess what? He'd been laid off from a $200,000 uh, job two months prior. He had nothing either. But what he had was mine. All I had to do is say, absolutely, Roman, right? Some of you guys may not know this, so I don't wanna shock you, but. Jennifer's father committed suicide, and she got the news in our front driveway as she pulled up, and it, you can imagine, 
it crippled her to the point where she fell out of her car. Luckily, the thing was in park. She fell out of her car and was laying in our driveway, sobbing at 10 o'clock in the morning. Roman Burdick turned the corner in his car, saw what was going on, slammed on the brakes, picked up my wife, carried her to his house, four houses down. Him and his wife ministered to my wife while our pastor was on the way because they called him and said, you need to get here now. He then, once my pastor got there, came and got me from my work, pulled me out of work, told my boss what happened. My boss said, go. I went to his house, not my own, his house. And there, him and his wife and my pastor at the time ministered to the two of us until we could stop crying, until we could actually stand up. Roman did that without even thinking, put his life on hold, inconvenienced himself. My son... My oldest son, you guys know my middle guy, John. My oldest son, Colby. Some of you guys know him, some of you never met him yet. You'll meet him in Christmas. He's coming for Christmas. 28 years old now. Four years ago, four, three and a half years ago, had a, a motorcycle accident, broke both his shoulders. Physically broke his shoulders. There was no arm connection between his body, right? Roman Burdick drove an hour and a half across Phoenix, Arizona, to see him immediately once he got word, right? Roman Burdick called my wife and me and said, okay, he's busted up. When you get here, he's busted up, but he's going to be okay. His face is intact. Thanks, Roman, because that's what matters. <laughs> and it did, right? As a father, okay, if his face is okay, most of them is going to be okay too. Okay. And we drove the other four or five hours from San Diego to Phoenix to be with our boy, and, and here's what's a kicker. We were there for a week while he was in the hospital, and then Roman said, I want your wife and your son in my house. I've got a spare casita. For any of you who have never been to Phoenix, these huge houses have other huge houses, and they're called casita. Casitas, it's like full-functioning houses, bathrooms, kitchenettes, all that kind of stuff. He said, that's your guys's, whatever you need. Roman fed my wife and son. Roman. His wife came and helped my wife heal my son for 40 days. He opened his house and everything in it so that my son could heal properly and my wife could minister to him. Whoa. And you guys, you know what I did? I hung out with Roman in his garage. I drank a Coke once in a while with him. I just hung out and talked with, talk about everything, including God. We didn't do any major Bible studies together. We, didn't, we weren't throwing verses at one another. We were just talking and hanging out. Fellowshipping, by the way, right? And from that, God ministered to me and my family on multiple times. You guys, some of you guys have done the same for me in here. Some of, I've done the same for some of you here. That's fellowshipping. That's fellowshipping. Roman Burdick loves Jesus Christ. You know how I know that? And Jesus Christ loves Roman Burdick because he followed his commandment. I know that for a record, for, 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 for without, without, um, without a doubt in my mind. Just can't speak it. Okay, the second reason why God tells us to do that, right? To love one another like yourselves. To be around one another. 1 Peter 1.13. I use this verse. I use these, these next two verses Last time I preached, but I'm going to use them again. I'm lazy. Lazy pastor. Verse 13. 
Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the, on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. 15. But as he is called you whole, is holy, you also will be holy in all your conduct. Romans 12, 1-2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, your reasonable service. Other verses say that, other versions of the Bible say this. And do not be, translations, not versions, same, same version, translations. And, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's asking us to be holy in our conduct. God is asking us, these are believers, by the way, right? God is asking us to walk a certain way, not for salvation, but this is after salvation. This is what he expects. He says, you, I am holy. I declare you holy. Now act like it, right? And how we do that, you know what, you guys, when I'm around you, it's easier. It's easy to be holy in a bunch of holy people. It's easy to be holy in a bunch of holy people in a, in a holy building. It's easy. Why do you think I'm always here? Because <laughs> I don't want to be that idiot that is ugly. I don't want to do the things that my, like Paul says, I don't want to do the things my flesh desires. I want to do the things that God wants of me, and yet I wrestle, oh, wretched man that I am. I am a wretched man, but I get to be around you guys, and I'm a little less wretched. And the longer I stay less wretched, the easier it is to be less wretched when you leave. Because some of you are like, go home, John. I'm tired of you being here. I'm tired of feeding you. Right? And then my wretchedness comes out, and I come here, I'm, oh, I'm wretched. And here's the coolest thing ever. I'm going to call out my brother, Mike Bell. Brother Mike Bell and I, we had a little something. Not, I wouldn't even call it a tiff or an argument. We just had a little, right? And the first thing Mike said was, we need to get around each other more. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You guys, you guys catching what I'm, what I'm selling here? Fellowship. Why are we not around one another? Here's the coolest thing ever. I worked for Greg Bowman for about a month and a half, maybe two months, eh, probably maybe three months, right? You talk about being holy all the time. I slam my thumb with a hammer, and I'm like, hi, Greg. Because <laughs> the first thing he said when he hired me was like, I'm so glad that I got a pastor working for me. I don't have to hear that foul filth. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot to live up to. But I did it for a month and a half, and I, I don't know if I slipped, but I, don't tell me. Fellowship. It's easier to be God's holy people when you're around God's holy people. Okay. Almost done here, you guys. How do we do this? Right? How do we stir in one another love and good works? We get around one another and we simply are friends. And guess what? Friends say stupid things. That's why Jesus said, forgive them 70 times 70. Forgive them. Friends do stupid things. Friends don't think when they open their mouth. John doesn't think sometimes when he says certain things. If I have offended or upset any of you, please forgive me. And you are also forgiven. Let's clean slate right today. Clean slate on the 25th of August, right? Let's do that. Let's walk out that door forgiven and loving 
and let's just move forward and love each other and love everybody out there. And if it starts here and it goes out there, guess what? This world will change. TBF will change. Davenport will change. Lincoln County will change. Washington will change. Let's love our brothers and sisters on the West Coast, even though sometimes they act retarded against what we like. And vice versa. <laughs> Tony's like, what did he just say? And that's going on the internet. You know you can't take that stuff back. <laughs> right? And they say the same thing about us. Let's drop that stuff and love one another. That's what God says. God doesn't say, hey, as long as you think a certain way, you should love that person. No, love one another. Especially if they think differently than you. Especially if they act differently than you. Especially if they look differently than you. It's easy to love you guys. You're squeaky clean and pretty. Let's go out and... Yes, you are, then. Let's go out and love the ugly people. Or let's go out and the ugly, the, the ugly people will love them. However it works, right? We have something in common, all of us. God died for us. Jesus Christ went to that cross. The verses say this, the Holy Scriptures say this. Jesus didn't defend himself. He didn't say anything in his defense while he was being persecuted by the Sanhedrin at night. He didn't say anything when he was with Pontius Pilate. He walked down that street carrying that heavy oaken cross piece, and he didn't say anything, yet he was innocent of everything. He was God, you guys, could call down legions upon legions upon legions of angels, and he did not. He could have destroyed Jerusalem like he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone, yet he did not. He could have saved himself. He could have declared himself the king of heaven, which he was, and he did not. And he didn't do it because we needed him to die for us. We needed him to live for us. That's the truth. And that's what we have in common. So let's act like it. Let's get around one another. Let's go drag everybody here. You guys, today, youth group, right? Here? Let's have fun and drag everybody here kicking and screaming. Because it's so much better when they're resisting. God loves you and everybody. Let's go out and tell them. Father, thank you for being our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our God. Thank you for sending the Spirit to us. Lord, thank you for giving us commandments. Help us to follow them, Lord. Love one another. Help us to know what that looks like. How do we stir one another up to do good works, to, to love one another? God, how do we love those that are unlovable? How do we, Lord, seek love when we are unlovable? Show us these truths, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We know that you loved us first. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.